Okay, well, good evening. Well, we're going to do uh, the next uh, habit of discipleship this evening, and we're going to be looking at the subject of prayer. So it's appropriate then, uh, of all the subjects, uh, that we begin uh, with a word of prayer. So let's uh, quieten our hearts, and let's, let's bow our heads and pray. Dear Father in heaven, we come uh, this evening and we want to hear from you. Father, this is uh, a subject which on the one hand is most exciting, for we know that you are a God who answers prayer. But on the other hand, Father, it's a subject which is most convicting. For who of us could say that we have our prayer life exactly as it ought to be? So we pray, Heavenly Father, that you would help us this evening to be both excited about the possibilities of prayer, inspired by what your word has to say to us about prayer. We pray at the same time that you would convict our hearts and make us a people of prayer, and as a church that we would be called a house of prayer. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, prayer uh, is an enormous subject. You can look at prayer uh, theologically, you can look at it practically, you can look at it individually, you can look at prayer corporately. There are many different uh, types of prayer, thanksgiving, petitionary, confession, and so on. There are many books that have been written on prayer. And many people have their examples of men and women of prayer from the scriptures, from church history, and from their own experience of people that they know. We have 40 minutes or so. So what's the intention of this particular talk? What of the many places that we could go with prayer are we going to cover? Well, let me begin by saying two things that we will not cover but we will cover it at some point uh, in the future. First of all, this is not a detailed study on what prayer is. Uh, I've made an assumption, rightly or wrongly, that you understand what prayer is, which at a most basic level is conversing with God. To help us, though, think uh, just very briefly on what prayer is, uh, I've just got a definition Uh, which is from uh, the Westminster Shorter Catechism. It says, what is prayer? Prayer is an offering up of our desires unto God for things agreeable to his will in the name of Christ with confession of sins and thankful acknowledgement of his mercies. So that's a very short definition of what prayer is. But as I said, I've made the assumption that we know uh, at quite a basic level what what that is. Now, the youth discipleship group uh, has begun a study on prayer, uh, which goes at a very basic level uh, up into more detail through the theology of prayer, how we pray, hindrances to prayer, practical aspects of individual and corporate prayer. And I'll be glad to be able to go through these studies Uh, with everybody as a church 
And we're thinking of doing that in September uh, by having one of our prayer meetings split in half with having a study on prayer and then going into prayer at the prayer meeting as well. I think that will be helpful for some uh, and uh, that will be in September. Uh, Secondly, uh, we're not going to make much reference here in this talk to the Lord's Prayer. Uh, This is in part because it's not the intention of the talk, but again, uh, later on in the year, uh, we're hoping to do a sermon series on the Lord's Prayer, which will help us in addition to this and in addition to uh, the other studies uh, in our prayer lives. So what is the intention of the talk? Well, it carries on really from where Tim left us off last time uh, when he talked about being Bible eaters. Uh, The purpose of this series is in the title, Habits of Discipleship, and the series aims at helping us grow in godliness. So we have uh, the verse uh, on the screen, that is the verse of what this series is about. 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 7 uh, says, have nothing to do with godless myths and old wives' tales, rather train yourself to be godly. For physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. So as we talk here, we're talking about developing the habit of prayer rather than a detailed study on what prayer is. Tim said that we see God most clearly by looking at Jesus and we are to train ourselves to be like him. And when we look at the life of Christ, we often see him in prayer. If you look at, if you've got a Bible with you and look at Luke's Gospel, for example, let me read you a few verses from the Gospel of Luke. Luke mentions Jesus praying a number of times. The first place we'll look at is chapter 5 and verse 16. And if you want to just listen and not follow the verses through, that's fine. But I'm going to go through a few verses in Luke in chronological order, starting with chapter 5 and verse 16. Uh, That verse says, But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. In chapter 6 and verse 12, One of those days... Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray and spent the night praying to God. Chapter 9 and verse 18. Once when Jesus was praying in private and his disciples were with him, he asked them, who do the crowds say I am? Then over the page in Luke chapter 9 and verses 28 to 29. It says, after about eight days, after Jesus said this, he took Peter, John, and James with him and went up onto a mountain to pray. As he was praying, the appearance of his face changed and his clothes became bright as a flash of lightning. And that's the account of the transfiguration. It happened while he was praying. Uh, Chapter 11, verse 1. uh, When uh, just before the disciples asked Jesus to teach us to pray, He says this, one day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. The disciples saw Jesus praying and they asked him to teach them how to pray. 
And then just one more, chapter 22, a bit further on, and verse 41. This is when Jesus was about to be arrested. It says, Jesus went out as usual to the Mount of Olives, and his disciples followed him. On reaching the place, he said to them, pray that you will not fall into temptation. He withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them, knelt down, and prayed. So I agree with what Tim was saying. If we see, we see God most clearly by looking at Jesus and we're to train ourselves to be like him. If you look at Jesus, Jesus was a man who prayed. And if we're going to be like him, we need to be a people of prayer. In addition to looking at Jesus, uh, in other places in the Gospels, we read uh, scriptures like continue steadfastly in prayer. Pray without ceasing. And then Jesus himself expects us to pray. He says, and when you pray. Not if you pray, when you pray. So prayer should be a normal activity for the Christian. But alas, that is not always the case. Uh, Before we go more deeply into this, though, I want to add something important. That it's not uh, the intention of this talk to have people go in a way feeling guilty about their prayer lives, but rather that we go away having our hearts stirred to pray and equipped to pray. If after this talk you have more of a desire to pray through understanding how you can develop the habit of prayer, through the power of the Spirit, the talk will have fulfilled its purpose. So I don't want people going away thinking, I'm I'm such a rubbish Christian, I'm such a bad prayer, That's not the intention of the talk. The intention of the talk is to help us develop the habit of prayer and have a a real desire to pray. Uh, Some of you purchased Donald Whitney's book, The Spiritual Disciplines for the Christian Life. In his chapter on the discipline of prayer, he says this, we can be prayer pessimists and see the expectation to pray merely as an obligation or we can be optimists who view the command to pray as an opportunity to receive the mercy and grace of God. I want us to leave here as prayer optimists, excited about the fact that we have access to the God of the universe. Peter mentioned that really nicely last Sunday evening, that we, can, we can't just go up to the queen and knock on her door and expect her to welcome us in and have a cup of tea. But we, t- we can go to the God of the whole universe and his door is open for us as his people to pray and he can give us whatever we ask for. Prayer is a wonderful and exciting uh, means of grace that we have as God's people. Uh, and as we go through this, I just want to say finally we're going to look at four uh, different things. We're going to first of all look at the problems with prayer. Then we're going to look at the practice of prayer when, where, what to pray for, then some possibilities for prayer, and then finally uh, a plea from me uh, regarding prayer. And then we'll have questions and answers at the end. So let's uh, begin with the problems with prayer. Uh, Generally, there are two main problems we have with the habit of prayer. Uh, I think we have either a lack of conviction regarding prayer, Or we have a lack of confidence regarding prayer. A lack of conviction is where we don't really see the point in prayer. 
And we're not just that, we're just not that bothered about it. This can stem from a variety of reasons. It can be a poor theology of prayer, where we think that, well, God is sovereign and has all things under control, so we don't need to pray. It can be that we're busy and we don't have time even to think about prayer. It may be that we've had prayers not answered at all or uh, not answered as we expect and we think, well, it's been a fruitless exercise, so why bother with prayer? We may find the thought of prayer just simply boring. Or as in the case of us living in a noisy world where there's stuff going on all the time, we can just find it strange, actually, and rather uncomfortable. But a lack of conviction shows that either we've not fully grasped what prayer really is and what God is capable of doing through prayer, or more likely, as Tim alluded to last time, that we're just lazy and we can prioritize anything above praying. A lack of confidence is different though. An obvious example of this are those many Christians who struggle to pray out loud This isn't a conviction issue, but for some, the thought of praying at the same time as someone else, or just the thoughts of speaking in front of others, can fill them with great dread. Some may be confused over what prayer is, and how to pray. What does praying according to God's will mean, for example? There are numerous reasons for confidence issues, and more than a lack of conviction, I hope to deal with the lack of confidence here this evening. In terms of the lack of conviction, I would say this though. If we are applying the principles of being Bible eaters properly, we will have the conviction to pray. Prayer is a two-way conversation. It begins with God actually speaking to us, and he does so through his spirit and his word. Once we are reading his word as we ought to be reading his word, we will pray as we ought to be praying and have the conviction to do so. With a lack of confidence, it's important to know though, and we should all understand this, that prayer is learnt. We are not naturally really good prayers. No one as well has reached the stage in their life of prayer perfection. We are all learning to pray. We could, if you like, go into the prayer closet with L plates on until the day we die. We are all learning to pray. And we learn prayer through reading scripture, especially as you meditate on it. We learn prayer through uh, talking about it. We can learn prayer through reading about it or listening to talks like this one. But the best way that we can learn to pray is simply through praying. We learn to pray by praying. The more we do it, the more confident we become. But you will notice that the habits of discipleship are all, as Paul writes in Timothy, like physical exercise. They are hard at first, but with perseverance and training, they become easier. We uh, walked up Mount Snowden yesterday, me, Kevin, and Mike, and I was feeling really good Uh, Not feeling physically really good, but I was quite proud as we were walking down the mountain until we saw two men running down the mountain. 
and they said they had already run up the mountain in the first place. I didn't feel so proud of myself then. But they had exercised themselves to the point where they were able to run up the mountain and run down the mountain. I'm a long, long way off of being able to do that. And maybe some of you find that uh, with prayer as well. You look at some people and you think, oh, they are, they're just, I would never be like that. But nobody uh, who prays in a way that inspires you to pray uh, without having first exercised that greatly. So they become easy, it becomes easier as you go, but you have to persevere. If you go running for a couple of days and then give up, you don't all of a sudden become a really good runner. It takes long perseverance and training, and it's the same with these spiritual disciplines. So let's look more now at the practical aspect of prayer, the practice of prayer. First of all, let's think about when to pray. A wonderful aspect about prayer is that it can be so flexible. Literally, you can pray anytime and anywhere. And we should take the opportunity to be praying all throughout the day in unplanned ways. Uh, Prayer uh, should be both frequent and fervent and from the heart. It should be frequent and fervent and from the heart. So in unplanned ways, we'll talk about planned in a minute, but in unplanned ways, we don't necessarily need to have long prayer sessions. But if the Lord is constantly in our minds as we meditate on the word, we can be always talking to him with things like, thank you, Lord, for, or Lord, I'm sorry uh, that I've just said that or thought that. Please, please, Lord, help me not to do this. Or Lord, help me with this temptation. Or, uh, Father, help me to speak to this work colleague that's next to me. I, 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 need, I feel I need to talk to them about the Lord. I'm not sure what to say. Would you help me? Or when someone asks you a question um, about spiritual things, and you think, I don't know the answer. You can quickly pray in your heart, can't you? Lord, help me. I mean, if you look at, uh, we don't have time now, but ne- Nehemiah is a good example of that. The king asked him, what's wrong with you? And, he, and the Bible says, and he prayed to the Lord. It wasn't a long prayer session on his knees. It was a quick two-second prayer. Lord, help me. And uh, God answered his prayer and allowed him to go to Jerusalem. Uh, Paula, uh, my wife, says that if she uh, sees somebody uh, in the street that reminds her of somebody else, she always uses that as a prompt to pray for the person she's reminded for. I mean, that's a really good idea, isn't it? Uh, Because lots of people look like people who think, is that so-and-so? If that's the case and it's not so-and-so, pray for them. Uh, similar, similarly, if someone uh, comes to mind for some reason, take that as an opportunity in an unplanned way just to pray for them. Another helpful thing to do is uh, when someone asks you to pray for them, uh, do so right away there and then. Now, it may take uh, some people by surprise if you say, okay, let's pray right now. And perhaps sometimes it may be a little uncomfortable. Uh, But certainly in church, if someone is uh, talking to you after the service or sharing a concern with you, pray with them right there and then. Because, you know, how many times have we said, oh, yeah, I'll pray for you, and then we forget to do it? If we pray right there and then uh, with the person, if we can, it's a really helpful way of praying for them 
and bringing comfort to them as well that they've known they've been prayed for. After all, we are called, aren't we, in the Bible, Jesus says, a house of prayer. And while spontaneous prayer is a wonderful blessing, in terms of the habits of discipleship, prayer does need to be planned. In fact, I would say that our spontaneous prayer really only overflows from a heart that has already been in prayer with God. And this means, as with any of these habits, that it needs to be planned. I believe you'll find that the unplanned praying I just mentioned will happen a lot more if we have planned prayer times in the first place. And I would go as far as saying that if we don't plan prayer into our lives, those spontaneous times of prayer, unless you're in a dire emergency and need help, really won't happen uh, very much at all. As we heard with the habit of Bible reading, if you don't have regular time set aside to pray, then it just won't likely happen at all. And with this in mind, I would say that if you have time set aside for Bible reading, you have the time set aside for prayer, because these two things really should be going together. This leads us on to another key aspect of prayer, what to pray for. Often many people get confused over what to pray for, wondering, is this part of God's will? Well, in order to understand what God's will is and to pray in accordance with the work that uh, Jesus did, we need to read the word of God, which is the will of God revealed to us. If someone asks you, what is God's will for my life? It's the Bible. This is God's will revealed to us. We haven't got time now to go into a deep study on uh, God's will, but really one of the most helpful uh, things we can know and learn about what to pray for is to pray through whatever you're reading in Scripture. Because prayer is a two-way conversation. God speaks to us first through his word, and that should be able to generate prayer uh, in our lives. Now, I want to try and make this practical. So, I don't know if this is going to work or not, but I thought I'd give it a go. Uh, Go to Psalm 84. We've recently looked at Psalm 84 a number of weeks ago. Uh, At least um, I preached a sermon on it. If you don't remember it, don't worry about it. But it might be fresh in some of your minds, so I thought it was a good place to go. But the Psalms uh, are effectively a prayer book. And they're a really good place to go to help us to pray. We see people praying through the Psalms in every Psalm that's written. And so what I want us to do, I'm going to try and go through a few verses of this psalm and give some examples of how we might pray uh, through the psalm. And then we'll look at another example um, afterwards. So we've got uh, Psalm 84. I'm not going to read the whole psalm to you, but I want to just show how if we look at uh, a verse or two in the scriptures, it generates prayer in our lives. So, for example, we, just as a bit of context, we said that Psalm 84 uh, was uh, written by the sons of Korah, who were the temple workers, and they're longing to be in the, in the presence of God. They've got this longing to be with God, uh, and they're on pilgrimage to be at the temple because they want to be with God. Uh, so look at verse 1. Verse 1 says, How lovely is your dwelling place, Lord Almighty. So if we're praying and we're going through the psalm, we might look at verse 1, and there's lots there for us to pray for. We might meditate 
as we're reading it, on the loveliness of God's dwelling place. We might meditate on, well, how is it lovely? And we, as we meditate this through the scriptures, we think, well, it's lovely because God is holy. It's lovely because God is, is good and think of the goodness of God. We can think of how it's lovely because God loves us. And then we pray in praise of God. Lord, you are lovely. Your holiness is so beautiful, Lord. Lord, I praise you for your goodness. I thank you that you love me so much. As unlovely as I am, Lord, you, I don't even compare to you, but Lord, you love me so much. You are lovely. Perhaps uh, you might say, um, you know, Lord, I think about our salvation as well. Lord, you are almighty. Lord, almighty. And you've saved me by your might. Lord, I thank you that you are a mighty God, mighty to save. So that's an example of how we might pray uh, through verse 1. Look at verses 2 to 4. It says, My soul yearns, even faints, for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Even the sparrow has found a home, and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may have her young, a place near your altar. Lord Almighty, my King and my God. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. So as we read that, we might pray something like, Lord, help me to long for you. Help me not to be satisfied with the trifles of this world above you. Lord, today I'm going to work or I'm going to school and I'm going to face the pressure of looking good in front of everyone else. Lord, help me to long for you more than the approval of others. Or maybe we might pray, Lord, I pray that my family would long for you. Help them to see, Lord, that you are lovely. My family don't see you as lovely, Lord. They don't even believe you exist. Lord, I pray that you are, I know you're lovely, and I pray that they would see you're lovely. Help, help me, Lord, to long for you so much that I show your loveliness to my family. I pray that they would cry out to you too. And then verses 5 to 7, it says, Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. They go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. If you remember uh, the message, we said that the valley of Baca was a place of tears that they walked through. Uh, It was a place of difficulty. But while they were there, uh, they had these wells that they had made and prepared. And also God refreshed them with refreshing rain from heaven. So as we think about times of suffering or people that are suffering, uh, we might look at this and it helps us to pray. So uh, for example, I, I pray for Jack, my brother in Christ, who is really sick at the moment. Lord, help him to be strong in you. Help him to drink the refreshing waters of your word. Or I, I pray for Sarah, who has just lost her father. Help the church people to give the right words of encouragement that will be refreshing rain at this time. Help these people to know the assurance of your love and of the fact that we have the sure hope in heaven where each of your people will appear. Thank you, Lord, that everyone will appear before God in Zion, those uh, of your people that trust in you. So thank you, Lord. May they have that hope too. So again, it's examples of how we can read uh, the scripture and just it helps us to pray. And all those things are praying according to God's will. Those things are, are written there in the scriptures. Now I've done that really, uh, I've, I've just said those things really quickly and I hope they haven't gone over your head but I hope it just shows you 
how we can read the scriptures and just draw out prayer uh, from the scriptures. Uh, another place we could go, um, and we don't need to turn to it because I'm not going to look at the, the whole of it, but I said I wasn't going to talk on the Lord's Prayer, which I'm not, but as a thing to mention, a, another practical place to go to help us to pray with what to pray for is the Lord's Prayer. Uh, the Lord uh, Jesus gave us the prayer, not just as a, something to recite, although that's a nice uh, thing to do, but as a model prayer. And within the Lord's Prayer, there are uh, multiple things we can pray for. They're all, uh, each element of the Lord's Prayer is something we can branch off into all sorts of things. I very rarely get past our Father in Heaven. Uh, There's so much we can pray pray for just there, isn't there? Uh, But just for example, one of the parts of the Lord's Prayer uh, says, Your will be done on earth as it is in Heaven. So as we think about that, we might pray, uh, for example, Lord, I I pray that I would accept your sovereign will today. The will of God that I don't know about. You know the plans for my life, Lord. Help me today to accept what comes my way. Uh, I pray for this job interview today. I pray that in the midst of it, I will trust you and know that you'll provide me with the work uh, that I need. Or perhaps you might pray, Lord, uh, help my mother to accept the accident that she has had. Help her to understand that it's part of a great and bigger plan for her. And I pray that you'll use it for your glory. Or you might say, Lord, I pray that James would be able to obey your revealed will today in your scriptures. He's struggling to obey uh, the command to whatever. Lord, help him to obey your will today. Or Lord, help me today not to get angry with my brother. I know that your word says to be slow to speak and slow to anger, but I find it so hard, Lord. I pray that your will would be done in my life. So that's just an example of uh, the Lord's Prayer, part of the Lord's Prayer and a psalm of how we should use the scriptures to help us to pray. We don't need to uh, separate prayer from our Bibles, uh, start praying and not know what to pray for. The scriptures uh, give us uh, a whole, the whole sweep of things that we would ever need to pray for. So use uh, the principles we learn about being Bible eaters to be people of prayer. Pray through the scriptures, allow it to help you. So I hope that's helpful in a practical way uh, as well. And also, just as another um, thing, if you, uh, one of the main problems people often have with prayer uh, is wandering minds. That happens a lot, doesn't it? If your focus is on the scriptures, that really helps because it draws you back uh, to where you ought to be. So, it, you know, so, so use that. Use God's word to help us to pray. Uh, George Muller, you may know, uh, was a, a man known for his, his amazing prayer life. And when you read his biography, uh, he said uh, that when he uh, realized that he should be, uh, when he realized he could read his Bible on his knees, it completely transformed his prayer life. And he was the man of prayer he was because he was on his knees with his Bible and prayed through the scriptures. That's, that's, that was his uh, way of doing things. And if it's good enough for him, then <laughs> it's certainly good enough for me. And we should certainly use the scriptures to help us to pray. Uh, what else should we pray for? Or what, what, what else is in the scriptures that we should pray for? I just want to mention two things that we can always pray for uh, and should always look for answers and progress in. One of those things is we, should, we can always pray According to God's will, um, it's never wrong to pray for the salvation of those who are unconverted. 
If someone is not saved, really, there's not many other prayer requests that they can give us that really matter all that much. Their salvation is the most, the key uh, need in their life, isn't it? And I know for me, um, my, my, none of my family are saved, uh, and my parents ring me up uh, with things that are going on in their life. And yes, they, I'll, I'll, of course, I pray for them, but whenever I pray for my parents... It always begins with their salvation. That's, that's the biggest need that they have. And they would never ask for that prayer, would they? <laughs> but that's their biggest need. So it's never wrong and it's always right to pray for the salvation of those who don't know Christ. And also another aspect, it's always good and right to pray uh, for growth in godliness in God's people. Lots of people have asked uh, in the past about the prayer diary, uh, what do I pray? How do I pray for people in the prayer diary? I don't know such and such. Well, the prayer diary is a really useful resource, uh, but we need to get beyond uh, Lord be with them. (laughs) When we go through the prayer diary, I would suggest uh, something that I found useful and I've done is uh, when I've met people and I find out about uh, their, their family, If they have children that are unsaved, I write the names of their children next to them in the prayer diary. If you um, ask any parent in in that prayer diary, uh, what's your biggest prayer request? If their children are unsaved, that's number one. Always, always number one in their, uh, their requests. So pray for their children who are not saved. And secondly... Pray for each member that they would grow in their faith. If you look at the prayers of Paul the Apostle in in, uh, his letters, he always is praying for their growth in grace and growth in love and all those kinds of things. So pray that God would help them to grow in their walk with him. Sometimes you'll know specific things uh, relating to that, sometimes you won't. But you know what? God knows, always. So we should be praying. And again, go through the scriptures as you go through the prayer diary. So as we look, for example, at Psalm 84, and you looked at how lovely is your dwelling place, as you pray for someone in the prayer diary, you can pray that this day they would know that you are lovely, and and so on and so forth. Uh, Other pointers that are helpful in terms of what to pray for, uh, some practical things. Uh, Prayer lists are a good idea, as they help you to remember things to pray for, Uh, The only thing I would say about prayer lists is they can become, uh, potentially at least, a bit mechanical. And we need to be wary of that, not just blindly and nominally going through a list. Um, But I I use a prayer list personally. Uh, I have a list for each day of the week. And on that list I have members of my family. Um, I'll go through church members, missionaries, uh, unsaved people that I know, uh, church ministries, uh, people in public and community life and things like that. If anyone wants to see my uh, prayer list, I'm happy to share that with you. Um, but there's probably others that have better ones than me. Uh, but I'm happy to share that. But it's a useful thing uh, to go through each day um, and it helps us to, 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 to pray for uh, specific things. Uh, and other, other helpful pointers, prayer meetings. I'll mention these uh, in a moment, but if you want to know what's going on in the life of the church and what to pray for, at the prayer meeting we share all sorts of those kind of things. Um, and I'll mention more about that in a minute. Uh, and another thing uh, that helps us to be able to pray for one another is talking to each other. 
When you talk to each other and get beyond the weather and the football scores, uh, there's multiple things we can pray for uh, for one another. Um, But with each of these areas, we can still and should still go through the scriptures uh, in the lives of those we pray for. This is especially helpful, I think, with the prayer diary. Another helpful tip, as well as going through the scriptures, especially with the prayer diary, uh, if, you take, if you remember the sermon or you take sermon notes, pray through the sermon each week with the people that are in the prayer diary. That's a really helpful thing because we're all listening to the same messages, aren't we? We all need to apply those things in our lives. It's helpful to pray through the sermon with people uh, as well. It's, I, I find that really useful. So as we're going through Revelation and Tim's bringing out uh, ways of applying it, I'll pray those applications through members in the prayer diary. I find that a useful thing to do as well. Uh, you'll be amazed as well as you, as you grow in, in, in prayer and you pray for people and you ask them uh, for prayer requests and check how they're doing, you'll be amazed at what the impact will be in the lives of those people you pray for. Uh, just a, a, a word on prayer meetings. Uh, if prayer is a priority in your life, then the prayer meeting will be a priority in your week. If you are struggling to know what to pray for, then the prayer meeting is a great place to come because prayer in the prayer meeting is led. You are guiding in, guided in prayer by a person who the Holy Spirit is using uh, to lead us in prayer. So if you can come to the prayer meeting, I would encourage you to do so. It's a great way to know what to pray for. It's a great way to learn how to pray as we hear each other pray. And, um, and it's a thing we should be doing together as a church as we are a house of prayer. At the meeting, there are different kinds of prayer. There's times of praise and thanksgiving, of uh, supplication and confession and so on. And that will help us to pray in private too. I have learned to pray uh, much more effectively simply by hearing other people pray. Um, and some people, I, I admit, are gifted at, at praying. But as I said, that's because they've exercised so much in it. So I would encourage you to come along. Uh, we have a prayer meeting, uh, yes, this coming Thursday. Uh, so I encourage you, come along with the desire to see God answer prayer. Finally, uh, well, almost finally, uh, practical possibilities. Uh, It's good as we look at these habits of discipleship to look practically at what we can do to pray. So here are some thoughts, uh, ideas to try because prayer is something that uh, in my life I like to do things differently to keep it fresh. And I think that's important. That's why I said that be careful with a prayer list, not to just make it something you go through uh, like a shopping list. Um, That's not good at all. Um, I've already said about praying with your Bible reading. Tim mentioned 20 minutes. Uh, Have some of those 20 minutes uh, in prayer. I'm not going to give you specific times. I think that's a silly thing to do necessarily to say you must have five minutes of prayer or 10 minutes of prayer. But within that Bible reading uh, time, have uh, time of prayer within that. You don't need to be, by the way, being praying for hours. Uh, But I would say this. um, I'm not... uh, I, I find... That the more you get into prayer, the longer it seems to be. Uh, and it's like when you, like running is a good example again. The longer you run, the further you can go. And it's the same, I think, with prayer. So if you find that you need more than five or ten minutes, just get up a bit earlier maybe, or plan more time in, uh, into your time. Another um, practical thing, 
you could do. These aren't things that I'm saying, uh, thus says the Lord. This is, here's an idea from Steve that might help. Uh, pray for five or ten minutes at lunchtime. Uh, th- I find lunchtime in the middle of the day or just after lunch is a really good time for self-examination. You know, what am I struggling with today? Um, who am I struggling with today that I can pray for? It's a helpful habit to stop in the middle of the day and just make time to pray and ask God's help in the different situations you're in. Again, we live in a world, don't we, that is in a rush. It's good to stop, be still, and think and pray. Uh, it's good to pray before bed. Some might not find this helpful. Uh, I often get, obviously, you get sleepy at bedtime. Uh, but perhaps before bed, uh, read a psalm. Uh, it's a good time to confess sin. Uh, give thanks to God for the blessings of the day. And you know what? God doesn't even mind if you do fall asleep. Uh, in fact, the Bible says he gives sleep to those he loves. It may be helpful uh, as families to pray together after dinner uh, or with younger children before bedtime. Uh, have a reading and pray together. That's another practical thing to do. As married couples, as families, um, if you live with people, um, pray together. That's a really important thing to do. Uh, other ideas, sing praise to God. Uh, I love to do this, um, usually when I'm on my own. Um, I've, in fact, I've started not to care too much who hears me. Um, it's a good thing when we can sing. Uh, God's praise, it helps us uh, to lift our hearts to God, doesn't it? I mean, that's part of the reason we do so in church, isn't it? We don't just do it because, well, it's always been done. It should help us to, to lift our hearts to God. Uh, I find uh, prayer walks very helpful. Uh, when you go on a walk, uh, you, you've, you've got a, you, you can't really stop walking till you get back home, uh, so just keep praying as you walk. It might be helpful sometimes to, pray, uh, to walk around the streets of Pelsall, praying for Pelsall. Um, that's a good thing to do. But when you walk outside, uh, you can give you a clearer mind than perhaps when you're inside, less interruptions. Uh, sometimes I, I might go sit on the common uh, or the north common where we live and just no one's going to call me there. Um, there might be an occasional dog come and try and chew my leg, but usually I'm not disturbed. But getting outside uh, can clear our heads and give us time to pray. Uh, if you're conscious about Thanksgiving, you can always pray Thanksgiving throughout the day for various blessings that come your way. Um, you can pray whenever you stop in the day, so uh, having a shower, making a cup of tea, um, driving, all those kind of things. So there's lots of, you know, hopefully those just the some practical uh, ideas. Uh, just a word on uh, posture. Some people might be wondering, uh, do we, you know, is it, does it matter what our posture is? Uh, the most important thing is the posture of our hearts not of our legs. I know some of you, um, certainly me today, having gone up Snowden, if I kneel down, I'm not sure my legs will get back up. Uh, But there's no set position for prayer, but personally I find it helpful um, uh, to sometimes be on my knees or or different postures and things like that. Um, It's the heart that matters, but sometimes our physical posture can help us uh, to think, think about our heart attitude as we pray. So no, you don't have to be on your knees uh, or on your face or whatever, but it's a helpful thing to do uh, as well. Uh, I've spoken a lot on the practical side, but I want to finish uh, with something to work on our hearts just a little bit so that we uh, apply these practical things. Just a plea to pray. In terms of the habits of discipleship, and training us for godliness, prayer is vital. Uh, One preacher says that prayer fails when desire 
for holiness fails. So if we're going to be godly, then we need to be people of prayer. We will not be godly if we are not praying. Prayer fails when desire for holiness fails, and we should desire to be holy, and so should have a desire for prayer. But the same preacher says, as an encouragement to pray, that God has ordained prayer as a means whereby he will do things through men as they pray, which he would not otherwise do. The God of the universe has ordained that when his people pray, he answers prayer. Things happen when we pray. It's not just something that we're supposed to do and therefore we do it because there's some kind of obligation. We pray because the God of the universe is the God who answers prayer. And we see that in the scriptures. We see that through church history. I hope that you've seen that in your own life. God is a God who answers prayer. God works through the prayers of his people and answers prayer through his limitless power. However, for us as his people, we need to take to heart what we read in Psalm 84 and verse 4. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. It doesn't say blessed are those who rush. Blessed are those who can't be bothered. But blessed are those who dwell. Prayer takes time. It takes time to develop the habit of prayer. It takes time to be in prayer. Jesus said we have to be persistent in prayer. He says things like seeking, knocking. These are not quick things like a pizza delivery. God answers prayer, but the blessing of prayer is for those who dwell. And as you see this blessing, and as you dwell with God, the more you'll want to go back to God's house because it is lovely. However, we have to begin with the hard work. And there's a book by uh, J.I. Packer, and the title uh, regarding prayer is, he says, it's from duty to delight. And it's like with any exercise, isn't it? At first, it can be really hard. And you can even wonder, what am I doing this for? But as we get better at it, it becomes a delight. Those men that I saw running up and down Snowden yesterday didn't do so because they hated it. They did so because they loved doing it. And as we pray, at first, for some of us, this may be a real duty and a slog. But as we dwell in God's house and we persist, blessed are they who dwell, they are ever praising you. It becomes a delight, but we have to get through the duty first. Okay, um, I, I, I'm not going to say any more. Uh, I've said a lot, so I apologize um, for going perhaps a bit over uh, the, the right length. But uh, there's time for question and answers. Uh, so ask your questions, and um, I'll call Tim up to answer them. No, I won't really. <laughs> I'll try and answer them. you say to prayer and fasting? Um, okay, I haven't mentioned fasting, um, but I think we're going to do a separate session on fasting at some point, um, maybe, hopefully. Um, prayer and fasting uh, go together in the scriptures. Uh, just like Jesus says, 
uh, when you pray. He also said when you fast. <laughs> so it's something, again, like prayer uh, that is expected of the Christian. Um, I think that it's something we should do, but I think it's important that we have a session on it because I think it's something that um, is not that well known on not just how we, well, obviously it's obviously how you do it, but uh, why we do it more. So I would like to maybe have another session on fasting. But uh, very quickly on it, uh, fasting uh, helps us to pray. And the reason it does so is because the purpose, at least I find, is that the hunger physically generates a hunger spiritually and reminds us of why we're fasting and uh, generates that prayer. So it is a very helpful thing. Um, John Piper has a really good book on fasting called A Hunger for God. And in the title, that helps us to see what the purpose of fasting is for. It's a hunger for God and it generates, uh, it generates prayer within us as we focus on God through the hunger uh, within us. But it's a, I hope that's on the right answer because it's a whole other area which I hope to look at at some point, yeah. Nothing else? Okay. Last chance. All right. Well, if you've got any other questions you want to ask afterwards, um, I'm here. uh, So come and grab me. I hope uh, that you haven't gone away uh, feeling guilty uh, as much or convicted as much as you have gone away with more of an understanding of, uh, of prayer and how we can do it. So let's, uh, let's bow our heads and, and, and pray before we, uh, before we eat.